Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Native Community Capital is your trusted partner for home loans or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272. Let's work together to rebuild tribal economies. Terraform Development is a Navajo and Hopi-owned engineering, architectural, and project management firm located in northern Arizona. The company has full-time staff and comprises of Navajo and Hopi employees. Terraform services include civil engineering, residential design, drone mapping, and project management on projects for your need. Terraform is a Priority One Navajo Certified Business and Hopi Business License Certified. Contact Terraform Development at T-E-R-R-A the number 4ORM.com and follow them on Instagram at Terraform Development. are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man. And with me is my trusty assistant, Carl. Hey, what's going on out there, Hopi land? It's great to be back here in the beautiful downtown Hood Villa, Arizona, along with J-Man in his beautiful hometown of Munkabi, Arizona. How's everybody doing out there? I'm actually in a uptown Munkabi, which is, uh, I guess, in Tuba City, so... <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. You're uh you're not a real you're not a real Hopi. I forgot about that. So yeah, I'm I'm, my, I'm originally my, from uh, Scottsdale. So <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> when I was when I was doing the introduction, for some reason, I drew a blank of what our last topic was, and so that's why you didn't get another special nickname for this episode. And so that's two episodes in a row. So I apologize, Carl, that uh, you are not special again this week. I'm always special. Everybody thinks that I'm special. So thinks I'm still cool. So said when, that when to it, me. So said that when, to me like uh, today. So. When when Soho calls you special, I think that it's a different kind of special. You know, the <laughs> first fir- first on and first off the bus type of special, <laughs> the the short bus special or the helmet, <laughs> the helmet with that without the number on their special. <laughs> so so that 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 should have became apparent to you, Carl, when you received the bicycle helmet for Christmas with no bicycle. So. <laughs> God dang. Well, I'm still special in the eyes of all my guys. And, <laughs> and so we're, we're back again with another episode. And so I'd just like to thank the listeners out there for uh, continuing to uh, give us a very strong season. We've, we've been doing pretty well this, this, uh, this season, Carl. And uh, I, I think that we're pretty much up to speed as far as what's going on in our personal lives from the last episode. Yeah, exactly. I mean, despite that, we were we, this is our second one that we're zooming together. I mean, that the last episode is doing really, really well. I mean, like, it's like sound clearly doesn't really matter to other people, but I like the sound. That we, <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the studio sound, but. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, people love it no matter what. So, but but you know, Carl, that um, probably this is better for our working relationship that we're not elbow to elbow <laughs> two weeks in a row. We kind of get a little vacation from each other, and so I, I think this is gonna go towards some uh, emotional healing for for the two of us, as far as you and I are concerned. Yeah, exactly. And you know, uh, speaking of emotional healing. Is that uh, I did kind of have like this this 
sort of mental, like mental issue that that I had just a little while ago during the month of February, and it just kind of uh, you know mental problems are like are like a downer. And so like, like, like doing the podcast, I mean, I really like doing the podcast. So this kind of, it is a healing process. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of people out there like to hear my voice. Uh, and that's a healing process as well. I don't know about your voice. So your, your voice is a healing process for them. It's like, it takes them back to five years old when they'd watch Bozo the Clown at <laughs> five o'clock. <laughs> In the morning, and so you you bring that nostalgia to their ears, and then for me, I'm the super cool uh, TED Talks guy, and so they learn something from me every time that I talk. So, yeah, they're the ones that they shut off because it's PBS, <laughs> and, they, and they like me because I like Saturday morning cartoons. They can't they can't wait to. They can't wait to 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 watch me. So they, they can't wait to laugh at the clown. Basically, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's your dynamic. So, <laughs> hey, so so um, I, I think that in in our last couple of episodes, we kind of were able to talk about contemporary things, which is what we've never really done before. And you know, I I, I, I I've been listening to some podcasts out there, and they do talk about contemporary or topical issues and I always think that it's interesting to hear what the perspectives of of some when uh, a topic is fresh fresh out of the oven and still warm and you know just like fresh pizza is the best time to eat it but I I was scrolling on my social media and I meant to bring this up in our last episode but I didn't because then I figured that half that episode was just going to be us doing the introduction but I was scrolling through my social media and I saw a person that I, I know who they are. They're they're a, a, a Navajo person, um, somebody that's climbed up the academic ladder, and they were talking about because because the the state basketball is going on right now, and there's a couple of reservation schools that uh, went far into the tournament. I believe that the LHSA girls won state championships. So sh- uh, shout out to uh, White River. And the LHSA Falcons, the, the the ladies out there, they they brought home the 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 hardware, I guess. And then on top of that, too, keeping the Carl and J Man Cares initiative going, that you and I that we helped to uh, sponsor the uh, 25th anniversary Hopi Junior Senior High School uh, Bruins Men's State Basketball Championship that they went that they won all the way back in 1997. I was still in elementary school back then. And so, but anyways, uh, long, long story long that I was scrolling through social media and I saw this woman and she brought this topic up, which I thought was very interesting that she was making this declaration that because, because we were, you and I went to Tuba City High School yes, and in athletics, the female sports team, they're known as Lady Warriors. And for a lot of other schools, they label their female sports teams in this day and age as Lady whatever, Lady Mustangs, Lady Scouts, Lady Bruins. And so that's something that's prevalent throughout the reservation. But what this person was arguing was that when we label the female sports teams as quote unquote lady, that it's a form of sexism. And that doing so, you're, I guess, making the ladies, the females team seem less than. And I thought that that was an interesting thing that I came across and kind of wanted to talk about it on the podcast because it kind of mixed my wires, I guess, to a degree. Like I, I kind of like I, I got what the argument was. I, I completely understood what it is that they were trying to say. But I guess maybe in my paternal mind that, you know, I just couldn't really get that that was true, I guess, to, to a degree. So I don't know what you think about that. Oh my God! You know, both of both you and I, we grew up in the '90s, '80s. We're born in the '80s, grew up in the '90s, and everything that you've seen was all, you know, all part of like just separating uh, man and woman. 
And in that in that era, it's like you know, um, separating from like the boys and the girls club. You know, you don't want to mix the boys and the girls club and stuff like that, because they're two different things like that. And you know, calling lady Bruins, lady warriors, I think it's like an honor to to say that yeah, th these are the lady warriors here. You know, these are the, you know, the, the men's, you know, the man Bruins here. These are lady warriors. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to, <laughs> you don't, you don't want to just go up to a restroom and say that which one is the men's room and which one's the ladies room pretty much. You know, you don't want to second guess. You want to actually know which one is which. So like, like saying like Bruins and whatnot, like um, just overall, it's just saying like, you're just, you're just like, uh, you know, like condensing every, Everybody, just like saying uh, Native American, pretty much. Like all you guys are Native Americans. No, we're not. We're, uh, you know, Hopi. We're Navajo. We're uh, Apache. You know, we, we differentiate ourselves like that. Mm -hmm. And and mm -hmm. this, it's the same concept of like Lady Bruins and Lady Warriors and Warriors and Bruins and stuff like that. And so when you when you differentiate, you you have that you honor that knowledge of saying like you know, this is what this is who they are and this is who they represent. And I don't think that, you know, who, you know, who, who was the person that, that said this thing? I, I want to know who this person is because <laughs> I mean, like who, well, who's, who's 21st century idea was this thing here? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I do have respect for this person. So, you know, I won't publicly air them out. You know, I, I can tell you behind the scenes, but I guess, you know, the, the way that my mind works is that, you know, I, I guess I could understand their argument if you focus on the term lady and if you truly believe that the term lady is derogatory or if you believe that the word lady is uh, degrading, which I don't believe. I mean, I've always thought that lady, the term lady was equivalent to the word man. Like, like because outside of just gender labels that to me, the word man means something. It means that you're respectable, that you do the the responsibilities that you're supposed to be responsible for, meaning that you take care of your family, that you work, that you earn a living, that you're raising kids to be right. That's what I think a man is. And then I guess to me, a lady is somebody who carries herself well, who carries herself proper, I guess. And, you know, and so in, in my mind, I guess, in the mind of J-Man, that, that the term lady isn't derogatory or that it's not degrading, but rather it's a label to be proud of. But then, you know, and I, and I guess that the opposing argument that there might be other folks out there that think that the word lady is degrading or derogatory or signifies less than but, you know, and, and that's the thing is that I think that this argument is a little bit too woke for the reservation. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, well, like, yeah, I mean, like, it's like it's it's a weird concept because you don't just go around calling everybody Mitwi. You you earn that title, you know, in, in the mm -hmm. Hopi religion, you earn that mm -hmm. title and you don't go around just calling everybody soul because, you know, you. You don't call a, a you know a proper lady a soul because you have to earn that title, mm -hmm. and you know degrading. I don't think uh, the word lady is degrading because that's a title that she has earned, and it's a title that that you know that woman has has um, has fought for pretty much to earn herself mm -hmm. as a lady rather than just saying you know I'm one of the guys pretty much. And I always thought that calling especially well, specifically to our school i always thought that the that the phrase lady warriors was a step up because if you recall i think like in the 80s and the 70s they were calling them warriorettes oh yeah and so i always yeah. thought that lady warriors was so much better than warriorettes and I, I i kind of i i thought at least when we were in high school that that was an upgrade that was an upgrade to be called that and, but I guess really, you know, because I, I mean, I'm sure that there's probably somebody somewhere listening to this kind of shaking their heads and, and uh, rolling their eyes at, at two male patrons, you know, talking about the conversations of, of the domain of, of women and females. But because, you know, like, like the red skin argument, right? Yeah. Like yeah. there are people out there that truly believe that the red skin is a form of honor that it's a form of recognition 
And I don't. I think that the term redskin is racist. And that I do believe to be um, demoralizing and uh, a real negative term. And so I I, I guess, you know, for for to really hear the opposite side of this argument, you know, we'd have to bring that person on and really get where their mentality is as as far as this goes. But like I said, I understand. I, I get it. I, I, I get what the argument is, but I guess I just me, I, I don't believe that that term lady is denigrating or or derogatory. Yeah, I don't I don't see that where like, you, you know, calling calling somebody by their gender. I mean, we've been doing it for like in time and memorial. <laughs> we've been doing that same thing ever since like the caveman days. You know, we've been differentiating which is a man and which is a woman. You know, you have one is an innie and one is an outie pretty much. So, <laughs> but, you know, now in the 21st century, everything's like a, a questionable innie and questionable outie pretty much. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, I, I, I guess before we get some angry messages accusing Carl and Jayman of being sexist, I got another, I got another topical. Okay, go ahead. If I can uh, throw this at you real quick, and this is actually in reference to a comment that you made, I think, in in one of our episodes way back. I think it was in our Hopi marriage episodes, but I, I don't know if you've seen recently on social media that a couple of, uh, I guess, quote unquote quote unquote res famous males have been getting called out as far as getting caught doing bad things usually related to some sort of sexual harassment or some sort of acquisition of rape or or things like that but when that stuff becomes like real prominent on social media as far creative males getting caught doing bad things or being accused of doing bad things that there's always this real strong message from usually from ladies from from females sorry (laughs) now i'm gonna get all self-conscious about saying the word ladies but uh usually it's from women usually it's from women and there's this strong message that they say they they say that other negative males should hold other native males accountable and i've seen that before quite often and i kind of never really like i guess subscribe to it because every time i would see it i would always think it's like well well why why are they my problem to have to call out or why should i be the one to correct correct them or call them out or bring light to the issue because that's not my problem that that's not i don't know who they are they don't live within my household because then we spoke about this to before about this before as far as Hopi mentality, how we think about who we're responsible for. Basically, it's people that are related to us, our own clan. And so if my nephews, if my clan nephews were out there acting a fool, acting stupid, then it would be my responsibility to call them out to um straighten them out basically and so you know i never really understood that whole concept of you know native males should hold other native males accountable until until very recently it was it was the comments that you made that i guess um powered a listener to message me and kind of you know comment to me about what it is that you said basically it was it, you you said that when you message a girl or when you slide into the DMs in this day and age that they call you a creep, that they say all these things about you, if you remember saying that. But then this this uh, younger girl, she reached out and she told me that, I don't think you guys know what it's like in this day and age to be a female on social media. And I said, what do you mean? And then she proceeded to tell me all the kinds of harassment that women get through social media from males. She told me that when you go to a dance somewhere that you would come home to at least five to 10 uh, requests, requested to be a part of their social network. She said that there are guys out there that will constantly message you 10 to 15 consecutive times with no response. And I, I couldn't believe what, what this person was telling me. 
And what it made me think about, it made me think about my two oldest girls who are in college. And it made me think, and it made me disgusted to think that they probably received this type of harassment through social media by males. And then it made me angry. (laughs) And then it made me realize what that whole message was about Native males holding other Native males accountable because then it wanted me to like slap some heads. It's like, what the hell is wrong with you if you're harassing young ladies on social media? What the hell is wrong with you if you're consecutively sending pokes out to a female that's non-responsive to you? What makes you think that they're going to respond on the 15th time when they didn't respond to you on the first or second time. I mean, and I, so yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying, and I get what you're 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 talking about. Like, like yeah, I mean, like during it, it, the 21st century has made it very very easy to like talk to other people without even talking to people, and mm-hmm, it, it's mm-hmm. made it very very easy to track people down and to harass people and it's made it so easy for especially young males who just don't have that mental capacity of like you know like actually going and having a conversation it's like they think that because they saw it on tv it's going to be okay for them to do it on social media and yeah i mean like it's Mm -hmm. it's like that it's it's where it's where we as males have perceive that females are the lesser lesser sex and we it's it's us males that seem that even though we live in the 21st century we're still thinking in the 18th and 19th century way of thinking of how females should actually be where it's like yes females are the ones who cook females are the ones who bear the children females are the ones who take care of the children while males out there are earning the you know doing the bread pretty much earning that earning that bacon and it's it's in that mindset of where like it's okay for me to kind of wander off and then seek other female companions because my girlfriend or my wife is at home you know, cooking and watching the kids and I can do this because I'm a man, you know, it's, it's that idea. And it's because of movies and it's because of, uh, you know, music pretty much that kind of led us to that, to that idea of that. This is okay. And mm-hmm. yes, it's not okay to do. Wow, Carl, you're actually uh, talking like you uh, have some experience there. Maybe you're not quite the the virgin that I thought you were after all. (laughs) No, I learned this all through a website. So by stalking somebody, (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I I, I guess, you know, for for me, it's like, you know, sending this message out there that if you're a guy and you're doing this, knock it off, cut it out, have some respect. Act like you're talking to them in person. Treat them like a lady. Be a gentleman. Be a gentleman. You know, I, I, I think that, unfortunately, this whole gender war, that, that's kind of the, the damaging part of it, that it tears down what the value of, the value is of these terms, man, lady, gentleman, and, and such. But anyway, those were my two topical issues that I want to throw at you before. You know, uh, and the closing argument is that... Um is that yeah and you you have to kind of play onto the female side as well too because a lot of times it goes part ways it's like the females will do the same thing too males will do the same thing too it, it's it's basically the same concept it's not just the the males are doing that to do it because they get a rise out of it it's you know the females that are trying to get them to get the rise out of it pretty much it's it goes kind of both ways and i'm not saying that Mm. it's 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 like you know it's all the time but it is in that in that area or that circle there that that Mm -hmm. this thing Mm -hmm. does happen like that Mm -hmm. awesome well i guess now's a good time 20 minutes in to get into the main part main topic of the episode and I, I think that every single podcast is probably talking about this topic right now because it's it's the talk of the town 
and the fact that, you know, we possibly could be going into World War Three right now. And so uh, Russia is invading Ukraine. And, you know, I before we started recording, I listened to a, a 30 minute YouTube episode basically talking about what the whole issues are, I guess, or the the narrator, what his assumptions are as to why Russia has chose to invade Ukraine. And, you know, because I guess once upon a time that Ukraine was once a part of the, the USSR, and uh, I, I forgot what that stood for, but, you know, basically the the, the full governing body of Russia and, and their control had more of it. And it's, it's crazy because, you know, social media, it's just like it latches onto these contemporary topics and then you get memes created galore you have all this dialogue you have all these different conversations about what's going on and the disagreements about it and i I don't know if you know anything more about it but basically that's kind of what sparked today's conversation today's episode on the topic of warfare and how hopis perceive war traditionally and then even talking about hopis involvement with warfare to put it in a nutshell about like the, this whole uh, Russia and uh, Ukraine thing is that um, we just basically just hate each other pretty much. That's the whole concept of it. And that's the whole concept of war is like if you don't like somebody, then you're wanting to end that person's life. And if you don't like the country, then, yeah, that's basically what it is. It's like we just don't like each other. It doesn't have to do with anything about politics. It doesn't have to do with any about like uh, human human emotions. It's just plain and simple of like we just hate each other. It's just the same thing. It's the same concept of like Hopis and Navajos and any other tribes out there. We just hate each other. And that's the reason why war is uh, uh, war is created, pretty much. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's interesting, though, because you think about it, because I had to think about it a little bit. And, you know, thinking specifically about Hopi, because, you know, throughout our history, that there have has been, quote, unquote, civil wars within our villages, which has caused division. And I talked a little bit about this in my solo episode, the the, the great five-star podcast. But, you know, at, at that point, I, I didn't have a chance to get any um, rebuttals from you or as far as, you know, what you think about it or what your knowledge is. Because then, and, and because when you think about it, if, you, if you're familiar with Hopi and you're familiar with the Hopi villages, that the village of Oraivi was once this big village. And then they had their civil war. They had their huge disagreement. And that disagreement led to the creation of Hotvela and then essentially Pakavi. But then Hotvela has their history with Pakavi, that the people of Pakavi were once with the village of Hotvela. And then for some reason, the village of Kikotsmovi, that those people also were from Oraivi, but they decided to leave Oraivi. And then also, too, with my village, with Munkapi, that there was also a division with the upper and lower villages. And I think that, you know, the commonality in all of those divisions, in all of those disagreements, kind of are pretty common as far as one, one group wanting to. I guess one could make the argument to adapt to the white man's way of life or to assimilate to the white man's way of life or to, you know, even to the extreme to give up on the Hopi way of life to uh, adapt the white man's way of life while the others were trying to stick to the Hopi way of life. And so when I talked about this on my solo episode that you weren't there to be able to give your your response. So, you know, I like to hear your response on that right now. <laughs> well, in a nutshell, everybody just hates everybody. That's <laughs> <laughs> you know, back back to my Ukraine back, theory. <laughs> back to my Ukraine theory. It's this is a basic the same thing as all civil wars. Everybody hates each other and that's how wars are created. I mean, it's it's wars have been going on for, in time and memorial. I'm going to say it again, in time and memorial. <laughs> We're, we're going to get stickers made with Carl's face <laughs> with the phrase time and memorial. And I, you know, the, the whole idea behind like splitting up and because of that, what you said is that, yes, people, some of the Hopi, past Hopis wanted to live a, uh, the white man's way, but yet still doing their traditional Hopi stuff. And then of course you have the, the real Hopis saying that, um, no, we want to keep to the true way 
of uh, living Hopi and the true path of Hopi. And then you have like this prophecies that are saying that, yeah, it's, it's, it's bound to happen that this was, this is going to happen. There was, it was bound to have a split. There's bound to have like the civil war between tribes. I mean, especially with us, especially with Hopi. I mean, like Hopi, we, we had civil wars, even though we're peaceful people. And we, we've had this concept of saying that, no, my my word is right. My word is God, pretty much. And having that, that concept is like, you know, no, it, it creates this whole animosity about uh, with other, other Hopis saying that, no, you're wrong. I'm right, pretty much. And that's basically what how like uh like civil wars start is because one person is wrong and the other person is right or both of them are wrong and they think that they're both right so it's (laughs) it's very very confusing on how on how like you know wars start and how like how hopi is and pretty much like that and how hopis are involved with everything in the outside world so it's just just weird weird thing and it's it's very very confusing i'm so confused I think I'm confused right now. <laughs> it, it is a very confusing thing because I guess, you know, if you're somebody that really understands the ph- philosoph- philosophical aspect of what Hopi is and what we believe in, that there's so many contradictions to adapting to the white man's way of life or to incorporating any aspect of the white man's way of life into our society. But yet, you know, you were doing it and that's probably why you see i guess kind of this herky-jerky process of our development within our communities because then on one hand you know we got people wanting to develop uh, an economy um things like that but then on the other hand you got a uh, contrast and um I guess people fighting to what that is, but I guess really kind of getting into more so the actual warfare part of Hopi is that, like you said it yourself, that Hopi, we call ourselves peaceful people. And so for a people to call themselves peaceful, where does the war play in? Who have we been at war with? What wars have we been a part of? And are we at some point going to completely drop this term peaceful people and then fall in with the Plains tribes and turn into a warrior tribe? <laughs> or we're going to turn into a fisherman's tribe. So go fish down at the, <laughs> go fish down at the Pavek. Because we're, I think Hopis are fish down at the wash. <laughs> I think Hopis are like a, a fisher, fisher, fishing tribe because that's pretty much where all Hopis go to every weekend is Lake Mary and wherever there, wherever there's trout. So, <laughs> <laughs> I buy I buy my trout at a. We're, know, we're we're catching up for those thousands of years that we weren't fishermen. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But I know I it, it's so weird how how we think that war can like set things right. Like you know how like you know that meaning like it's like uh, if we have war then we win something, we gain something from it. Yes, I know that American history has that part of the history where it's like, yeah, they had war and then America has won against themselves, basically. You know, it's that whole concept like that. But like war mm-hmm. really never really solved a problem. It's it create it creates more problems than it is when you when you say war. Like Okay, so think about like the, you know, how like war on cats and dogs, pretty much. Like, you know, there's always been like that war on cats and dogs. They hate each other. And that's the same concept, you know, thinking that dogs are superior and then cats are smarter. And that, you know, that war has been going on for for a long time. And that's basically how it is, is that it never gets solved. Whoever is the winner, whoever is the loser, there's always going to be a loser at the end. Both of them probably are going to be losers. Both of them are probably going to be winners. So it never really solves of what what this whole concept of war mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And you know, I guess uh, thinking back to you know the the ph- philosophical Hopi view is that I guess this idea of peace means that everybody's going to live, which I guess is essentially what we all want. And, you know, this idea of peace is uh, 
being a good neighbor or you know being pro-life i guess really and then this idea of warfare means death and so you know hopis were strongly opposed to it and you know some of the some of the lessons i guess that i've learned from the elders is that in this old philosophical view from hopi is that hopi only goes to warfare when that's the absolutely last choice if there's no other choice around it if we have to defend ourselves basically then hopi will go to war and so you know historically when you think about pre colonization that some of our i guess quote unquote natural enemies you know you think about the navajos the apaches the chimawavis i've heard is also a tribe that we've gone to war with before that it was always the result of the other tribes coming to our villages trying to steal corn trying to steal cattle and even trying to steal women and children and so historically at those points that's when Hopi would go to war that's when Hopi would fight but no other time would Hopi leave our lands to make war with anybody else and so you know I guess that really differentiates us from those warring tribes that I mentioned in the plains areas that the um that Hollywood prefers to make movies about because they're a much more interesting group because then you know war is involved and you know and I I think that that's why Hopi you know that term warrior that term warrior is out there within Indian country and it's romanticized it personally in my own opinion I think it's one of the most overused terms with within indigenous communities because the reason why I say that is because any tribe anywhere usually has some sort of warrior society and all of these warrior societies there's an initiation process that you have to earn that term to be called a warrior and even Hopi we had a warrior society once upon a time and that there was a process to undergo to become a warrior and i think that in this day and age that a lot of us you know we just wake up we roll out of bed and then we call ourselves warriors you and i were podcast warriors even though at any not at any point in time was our life threatened we're educational warriors we're grocery supervising warriors were you know like like we we throw that label warrior on every single thing without truly earning what that is i think that in some instances that you know people do earn that uh that honor to be called a warrior like for example i had a lot of respect for a lot of those people that went up to uh was it north dakota where they had where they were trying to protect the 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 standing rock reservation where they were trying to protect the um that area from to be uh to have that oil pipe put in those people i thought were warriors because they legitimately put their lives on the line to protect something and then you think about our armed service men and women that go into the military those of them that actually went to war those of them that actually had bullets flying past their head those of them that actually experienced this trauma i kind of always think that you know we're, we might be disrespectful towards them by calling ourselves warriors when we're safe ensconced in between four walls roof over our head the only bullets flying at us are via social media and so you know that that's kind of what what my my attitude towards this idea of that term warrior although we are tuba city warriors but as far as hopi goes that that's something that we don't really proclaim ourselves to be You know, before we go on, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break for our paid sponsors. Nurturing Indigenous Intelligence is a grassroots organization based on the Hopi Reservation. They work to alleviate the hardships in the community through acts of giving, from distributing school supplies, volunteering at various places, and working to expand their services. Follow them on Instagram at NurturingISquared and on Facebook at NISquareTeam to find out more. 
Cohen Bioma Law PLLC is 100% native owned and operated, founded by Vern Cohen Bioma. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources, and energy. Cohen Bioma Law is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering. Community activism and employing Indian preference in hiring and vendor relations. So before we uh, we went on break, you know we were we were talking about how like the warrior warrior kind of title is is earned, and yes, it is very very much earned in the Hopi society as well because we do have a society that has the warrior, you know, has the warrior people in there. Like this is, this is who will go to war first, protecting the leaders, protecting the important people. And yes, we do have that just like the US United States government, you know, where it has the, uh, the, the army that, that goes in to fight for their country. And that's basically the same concept is this is what we're fighting for them, fighting for the, our right to be Hopi pretty much. But nobody has really threatened us for, you know, a thousand years pretty much about that. And we that's the reason why we stayed so strong on um, on our cultures, because nobody has threatened our culture very much. We we basically threatened our own culture, creating war on our own selves. That's the reason why a lot of our villages don't have don't have their their culture because we create we create war on ourselves pretty much <laughs> but you know it, it's an interesting thing i guess you know as far as war goes and and the the part it plays within traditional hopi society or how it's played out with how we talk about it because then in, in addition to uh this belief that hopi would only go to war to defend itself that the other philosoph- or the other rule i guess as far as warfare goes as far as how we talk about it is that we don't talk about it it's that war is nothing to be proud of because it involves killing killing people is nothing to be proud of and so and so when you get to this concept about i guess celebrating our hopi warriors that have gone on to the united states army or to the marine corps or the, to the us navy the us air force that we contradict our own beliefs by celebrating them and you know that was something that a lot of people have been wanting us to talk about is this idea of how we celebrate our hopi coat talkers and how we hold them in high regard within our communities and i i think you know the the idea of the coat talkers is such an expensive discussion because for the most part this idea of coat talkers is only mostly affiliated with one tribe but it's false to affiliate coat talkers with only one tribe because there were many tribes that had co-talkers outside of just this one tribe that's nationally recognized to be having co-talkers and Hopi is one of those tribes that had co-talkers and i guess during that time in uh, world war 2 that you know we had a lot of our guas that were deployed that went to war and i guess that's kind of where uh, a lot of us young pups kind of really learned about this philosophy of war because in in i guess in the american perspective or or the american social characterization of how you celebrate veterans is that you're supposed to be proud of them that it's an honor for a family to have multiple veterans but i guess in that real hisat mentality is that when a lot of our guests came back from war especially during World War II and during Vietnam that there are stories that a lot of those men burnt their military uniforms they burnt their military uniforms because they didn't want any remembrance of what it is that they went through because in the old hopi way of thinking that war is not to be proud of 
the fact that you are involved with it, that there's no honor or pride in it, and that the best thing to do is to forget about it. But yet, here we are in 2022, when we get a chance to celebrate our veterans, we do so now. And so you see that shift in our perspective, shifting from Hopi, and then shifting into this Americanized way of thinking. And I guess the backstory is that, you know, you and I, we did talk about this topic ahead of time. And, you know, it was this idea that we were going to recruit a veteran to be a part of this episode to get that aspect. And we can do that certainly for the future to understand why it is that Hopis do go into the military. Because in this day and age, it's different, right? Because when you think about like the 1800s, that it was the U.S. Army and the U.S. Marines that were going to war against the natives, that were going to war against the Indians. But yet here we are filling their armies. Here we are filling their uh, their bunkers to go to war for them. And so, you know, it's this real interesting twist and shift of, of how Natives, American Indians play as far as the military goes. You know, like uh, my, my opinion about like uh, serving your country and serving the military and serving, uh, you know, trying to save your your own countries like that it's like it's so weird how like, like, i i I'd, I'd like to put this this disclaimer out first if, if you if you want to get triggered continue with the episode but if you'd like to save yourself some stress go ahead and turn off now <laughs> so like my my opinion is is like you know you know the u.s government tried to wipe out native americans completely tried to eradicate them from the face of the earth Mm -hmm. so they can be the top people. But yet us Native Americans have survived that eradication and now we are trying to protect people who tried to eradicate us from the beginning of that. And it just makes no sense to me on why you would do that, why Native Americans would would go through that trouble on protecting somebody who tried to wipe you out completely. It's so weird and it's so mind-boggling in that concept. And that's my opinion. It's like, why would you do that? Why would you serve a country that tried to kill your ancestors and if you were not here you know trying to serve your country then why serve them in the first place i mean it's like it's like serving like uh you know it's like honoring the poison that tried to kill you and saying that oh yeah that poison tried to kill me but uh i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to take it again see if it see if it'll kill me now so and that's the whole concept behind him. And so that's basically my opinion. So whoever out there listening is probably triggered right now and saying that, no, you know, you know, you, you don't understand. You don't understand this whole thing like that. And I'm pretty sure that there, we're going to get comments for that. So. <laughs> you, you don't know anything, Carl. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, and I, I, don't, I don't mean to be a on the fence type of guy, but, you know, I, I do understand that a lot of people do go into the military for opportunity for, uh, I guess, educational opportunity, employment opportunity when the opportunities aren't there in any other space that in this day and age, at least, you know, that's why they chose to go to the military. I know that veterans get a pretty sweet package, you know, once they get back from uh, wherever it is that they go to when they start to live with regular society and, you know, that there are veterans. Uh, my, my Kwa is a veteran. I know that the Res Famous Wife has veterans and her family and um i but you know what your what your comments were i i completely understand it i have had those thoughts at points in my life i know that there are other folks out there who share the same sentiment but i guess for me really you know i i I think where my shift in mentality really changed was thanks to hollywood and then you know that movie uh american sniper have you seen that movie before yeah american sniper i didn't know what it was I don't know what it was about that movie. I don't know if it's just because I'm secretly in love with Bradley Cooper, but uh, that movie kind of really 
I guess, showed the ugly sides of war, I guess. And so, you know, anybody that's been to war before, I, I definitely have tremendous respect for those people. But I completely get what you're saying. And like I said, I've had those thoughts before. And I know a lot of other folks that have had those thoughts before. And so, you know, I... I I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry if you know that that some of these conversations are 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 angering, but you know they are conversations to have. They yeah. are conversations to have because I I definitely think I think it's important to not forget our history. I think it's important not to forget what our place is and was through the eyes of the federal government. And so you know I I guess you know now's where we'll we'll take it home. Yeah, exactly. You know, because it's just my opinions and how I think and stuff like that. And thus, we don't, you know, my family has never really had veterans or people that went to war because we opted out because of that, because of our stature that it's it's not Hopi-like. It's This is not Hopi-ish. So, you know, whoever's out there that's listening, that's probably throwing their phone around saying that Carl is wrong and, you know, or like, you know, just um, going to unsubscribe from us. And like, I'm, I'm going to get you, Carl. I'm going to get you, Carl. I'm going to take you to War World 4 or something like that. You know, <laughs> or I don't know. But, but anyway, you know, if you got this far in the episode, <laughs> I congratulate so, you. So, so, so. <laughs> And I, I congratulate you as well. And if by next week I'm running solo, you know what happened. Yeah, exactly. So if you got this far in the episode, I congratulate you for sticking this far into the episode. But if you want to continue to hear the uh, the struggling opinions of Carl and J-Man, please subscribe to our YouTube <laughs> channel and... Please, you know, please give us more money. Uh, you know, we love your money and stuff like that. So if you want to become a sponsor, go to anchor.fm slash cjpodcast85 to become our monthly sponsor. Or if you want to just donate a dollar or more, go to buymeacoffee.com slash cjpodcast and donate $1 or more. And if you're not following us on our social media accounts, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I spaced out because I was thinking in my head, who are we going to piss off with this episode? Who do I know that falls into the category of being a lady or either a veteran? And so I, I guess that's it for this week. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. My name is Carl and this is my best friend, J-Man. So long, quack, quack.